Hey, this is David Hayter. You may know me as the screenwriter of films like X-Men, X-Men 2, and Watchmen, but you probably know me best as the voice of Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. And you're listening to Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. Kept you waiting, huh? To, uh, this is an actual special episode of the podcast. This is a collaboration crossover of my two podcasts because it's going to go on both, but for the Castanova podcast and for Decked Up. Um, yeah, I, I lost train of thought. Yeah, it's a collaboration podcast. Anyways, it's early in the morning here, uh, here in Hawaii. It's, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Anyways, um, I have a special guest here from uh, Good Vibes Gaming, good friend of mine. We've been trying to do this for a long while. Quite a while. None, yeah. none other than the one and only Ash Paulson. Ash, how you doing? <laughs> I'm great. I'm much better now. I'm finally getting to do this here with you. We've been trying to make this happen with our crazy schedules for, what, the better part of a year now, honestly. It's, I it's think a little so, bit yeah. So <laughs> we're finally doing it, and uh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. It's an honor to have you on. Yeah, it's it's been a better part of the year. I think every time it's um it, for us, it's typically either work or you know something pops up, and and it's like we, we finally got to do this. Uh, it's it's yeah. an honor to have you on. And uh, what what have you been up to lately? I know you you've got a crazy schedule, but what's I do. Going I on? do. Well, I uh, you know as you know, I co-run GVG with my uh, with my fellow GVG co-founders. But I also you know that alone doesn't pay the bills. So, yeah, I live in LA. A little bit expensive to live here, so uh, you know I also have a I have a full time like day job on top of that that thankfully is remote. Uh, I you know I'm able to work from home. It's very flexible, so it fits around GVG. So it is a lot to do, but I'm very thankful that I have a day job that not only helps me pay my bills, but is you know super flexible in terms of allowing me to have the time I need to grow GVG, manage the Patreon, manage the community, stuff like that. Yeah, you say you live in L.A. Like every time I visit there and I'm like, how, how do people live there? It's so expensive. It is. I mean, I couldn't do it by myself. My, my wife and I split all the, you know, the rent and bills and everything. So believe me, if I was single, unless I won the lottery or I was, you know, some <laughs> sort of cra- I had some amazingly well-paying job. I could not afford to live in the place that I do in L.A. So it is entirely down to the fact that I'm incredibly lucky, have an amazing partner. We split rent and we're able to, you know in so doing afford to live in where, you know, where we live in LA. So we're very lucky. Uh, the last time I went to LA, I, uh, I think it was E3 2019. And when I went there, um, I want to say PDP there, they gave me my pass to go. And oh, okay. so they didn't give me a hotel or anything. They oh. just said like, Hey, here's your pass. And, uh, try to get someone somewhere close to the convention center. I was like, where? <laughs> They're like, Oh, uh, you know, it's fine. I'm like, uh, what about this hotel that's near the airport? They're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. You can get oh, there in a couple no, of minutes. That's not fine. No. Nope, a couple of minutes. <laughs> what? Who clearly do they do not have experience in LA because that is not a couple of minutes from the airport to the convention center. What? Yeah, that, that was like an hour from the hotel to uh. there. And then, yeah. like when we got, because we got there the day of, we didn't. Um, so my wife and I, we didn't know 
we should have gotten there the day prior to, mm-hmm. to E3 2019. Uh, we were told, like, oh, it's fine. Just, you know, you can show up the day of. You can get your ticket, you know, it's and uh, so your passes. True. No, no, I always go. <laughs> I always go to the early bird uh, badge pickup for E3 because it is so much easier than trying to do it on day one with a stampede of people going into the expo hall. Uh, no, who, yeah, th- whoever is giving you at LA advice, not not a good person to get LA advice from. Just ask me next time. I'll, I'll set you straight. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I uh, no, like there are so many people who will talk about LA as as though it's like a monolith. Like oh. Yeah, I live in L.A. Or yeah, uh, you know, I live in L.A., but then you find out they live like in Anaheim. And it's like Anaheim is not L.A., that's Orange <laughs> County. Or it'll be like, oh, yeah, I live in L.A., and it's like Santa Monica, which is technically part of L.A. County, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know, if you just say in L.A., that can mean so many different things. It's such a big city, and it, and it, it comprises such a large area. I love it here, but it definitely, uh, I, I think there it, there's some – some bad travel advice going around out there for people. people <laughs> uh, so, so as far as like this year with gaming, um, mm. there's been a lot of heavy hitters that have come out. What yes. have been the games that you have been enjoying the most? Uh, I know oh, you've been man. playing Sonic Frontiers. I, I know you've been have, loving that. <laughs> I'm having such a good time with it. That Sonic Frontiers is the definition of like a, seven or eight out of 10 game that has obvious jank. It is clear to see how mm-hmm. easily, not easily, but how much it can be improved in certain ways in a follow-up. But despite that, it, the highs are so high in that game. Like it gets, it, it gets certain things about what I want from a Sonic game or a modern Sonic game. So right. And so I can overlook some of the jank and, you know, it's, it's got that usual Sonic team level of jank, right? But mm-hmm. I'm okay with that because what, Make Sonic so special is nailed really well in this particular game. Forces made me feel nothing. I walked away from that game feeling absolutely nothing. Frontiers makes me feel things, good things, and I'm having a great time with it. Um, I'm, I'm in the third island now, just got to the third island, and uh, just trucking along. And it's I'm finding it to be a very hard game to put down, um, yeah. yet despite the issues. Do, do you feel like, like when, when I was playing it, I felt like it was... The Sonic Adventure 3 that we never got. You know what? I, I, that's exactly, I was saying something very along those lines to, I can't remember who, yesterday. Uh, it was actually, no, I think it was during our uh, during our hangout with our executive producer patrons. Uh, we do two hangouts mm-hmm. a month for our Good Vibes Gaming Patreon. And I was talking about how playing Sonic Frontiers makes me feel very much like I did when I first played Sonic Adventure 1. It felt like an exciting new era of Sonic. Sure, you can see the jank there. Sure, the controls are a little wonky, but just the whole vibe of it, like like the fact that we're returning to this adventure era lore and continuity and <laughs> anime style vibe. It, it, it's just I'm loving it so much. And <laughs> putting Ian Flynn in, in charge of the writing and the story was obviously the right oh, move. Yes. We're getting yeah. genuinely great character writing now. We're getting you know just amazing callbacks to lore that happened decades ago and adventure adventure Two, even shadow the hedgehog stuff like that yeah. like, and, and and like there's a callback to there's like a direct callback to the classic games just casually and directly linking the classic to the modern games and this is what i've wanted for sonic to return to for so long because i'm just a massive nerd and i care way too much about the lore of the things i'm into so like i love sonic lore i love Mega Man lore like I, I love when the games pay attention to the stuff that they set up in prior games. And we kind of got away from that for a while with games like Colors yeah. and Forces and what have you. 
but we're finally back to that and mm-hmm. taken and, and that like taken in, in uh, tandem with just stuff like boosting around the open zones as Sonic feels so good. It feels perfect to me. Like I just, it's so empowering. They, they made such a good decision, not limiting boost too much and just mm-hmm. letting you almost freely just boost around as much as you want. And especially when you max out on rings and you, you've got your max. Speed. Oh, yeah. It feels so good. <laughs> and this is just what I've wanted from Sonic for so long. And then, of course, the music. I mean, Sonic always yes. gets the music. But Tomoya Otani, has he kind of dabbled in the whole EDM thing in Forces. Mm-hmm. And I liked it because I'm, I'm a big fan of EDM. But now he's not dipping his toes anymore. He's cannonball right into the deep end of the EDM <laughs> pool. And I'm so here for it for the cyberspace levels. So good. I'm just I'm having a great time with it, despite the issues. Yeah, and I, I'm hoping that whatever Sonic team or you know Sega does going forward with Sonic, let this be the foundation. I agree. Yeah, you know, because it's like we we don't want to go back to forces at all. Like, no, 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 we don't. Don't don't, don't touch <laughs> it again. Yeah, but yeah, I do hope but, we yeah. get some sort of follow up to Mania though. I know I, I don't know that Sonic team are able to do it. I think they would need to get Christian Whitehead and his team back, and I know they're not yeah. doing that right now. But I just want so in in. I feel like in any other timeline that made sense, we would have already had a follow-up to Mania because it's been like five years now. Five years, yeah. God, you know, I I love what they're doing with Frontiers. I'm not one of those people who's like, classic Sonic only, modern Sonic sucks. No, it's modern (laughs) Sonic can be great, as we're seeing now with Frontiers. But I do want both. One doesn't replace the other. And I really want another genuinely great 2D Sonic game like Mania. So here's hoping we'll get one. Yeah, and that's actually very interesting. Like I, I've seen a lot, like when it comes to a lot of uh, reviews from some of the Sonic fans that are purely like classics only, only like they don't, they don't even like any aspect of Sonic Frontiers. And I'm like, how can you not like, especially if you liked, if you liked adventure, even if you like Sonic heroes, God forbid you like uh, Shadow the Hedgehog <laughs> like, yeah. that game. But, yeah. you know, like, if, if you liked any of those games and some of the Boost Era titles, like, how do you not like Frontier? Yeah, yes, it has the jank, you know? And, right. and, yeah, the texture pop in, all the other stuff. But it's genuinely fun. Like, I haven't played a Sonic game since Mania that just engrossed me as much as this one has. Like, I literally, Same. I was having a hard time putting the Switch down, and then I ended up picking it up on uh, the PlayStation 5, and I'm like, man, I, I can't stop playing it. And, yeah. like, you and I, like, you and I, you know, we, we review games all the time, and it's, it's really hard for us to get that enraptured in a game, like, Right. That. Like, I, I, so it's, it's, yeah. I mean, the, the last, the last Sonic game before Mania that I got super, super, super into was Sonic Generations. And that came out over a decade ago. And G- Generations is yeah. still a great game. I think it holds up incredibly well. And it may still be my favorite modern Sonic game or 3D Sonic game. Not sure. Um, but I mean, it is kind of like combination 3D, 2D. But I mean, it's been 11 years now since Generations yeah. came out. And in that time, I haven't had another sonic game or at least another modern sonic game engrossed me this much to be fair there was really only forces but forces was just such a wet fart that you know (laughs) you know the less said about that the better really the only good thing about it was the soundtrack but yeah i i just it's so it feels so good to be excited about a modern sonic game again and i wasn't sure if sonic teams would pull it off and they did and they they've proven that they have the chops to do it still and i i think that this definitely should be the foundation for what Sonic does going forward, you know, build on this and then f- let's, let's make, let's actually get the adventure three 
that fans yeah. have been wanting for so long. Because as much as I, I get why they kind of took the hard turn toward just having Sonic playable instead of all of his friends, because it was getting a little bit too diluted. I get that. At the same time, I think we've gone a little bit too far the other way. I at least mm -hmm. want to play as Tails and Knuckles. Maybe yes. Shadow and Amy. But <clears throat> definitely, I want to have a fully playable campaign for Tails and Knuckles as well. Those are the, yeah. the, 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 the three of them, to me, are like equally as obviously Sonic is the most important, but I feel like you almost can't have Sonic without tails and knuckles. The others that's fine. Maybe we don't need shadow <laughs> and Rouge and Amy and everybody, but just give me a full, fully playable tails and knuckles. That's all I ask. You don't want silver, the hedgehog. Oh, God. Trigger. <laughs> you know, he got a little better. <laughs> he got a little better in some of the other spinoffs he was in. Like, I guess uh, the rivals games on PSP, he was less annoying, yeah. but. God, I hated that character. In Sonic. <laughs> so much. One scene where Shadow like kicks him in the face is like my favorite scene in that entire game. And I've I've watched <laughs> that cutscene an embarrassing number of times. I love it so much. <laughs> okay, you, if you want to hear something wild, I saw uh, one review where the guy said that Sonic Frontiers is worse than Sonic 06. I'm like, there's no <laughs> That's way. <fake>. That's okay. <laughs> How do you even look? I'm all I'm all for people having their own opinions. I would never call someone's opinion stupid or whatever. But come on, are you serious <laughs> right now? Sonic 06 better than Frontier? I can't. I can't. Even. I don't know. I don't even know. I, that's like saying, oh, you know, Sonic Four was actually better than Sonic Mania. What? That's like the same thing. That's the same thing, just in the, the 2D version of it. That's literally the Ooh. same thing. I don't get it. I don't understand some some takes out there. No, no, no. I, I know that you're also like a fellow Mega Man fan like myself. Oh, when yeah. are we going to get Volnut, Rockman Volnut off the moon? We've been waiting since 2000 for I Mega know. Man Legends 3. They constantly tease us. I'm, I was, the main reason I got 3DS back in 2011 yep. was for that. Yeah. Uh, it breaks my heart. I don't know. We got so close and then it is not even Volnut, not even just Volnut. Like it, it felt for a while, like there was a groundswell around the X series and like they were, mm -hmm. you know, it seemed like maybe we were finally going to get X nine that still hasn't materialized. And like, like, here's the thing, like, uh, Hirokazu Tsuchiya mentioned like three years ago now that they were already working on the next big mainline game, the, the me next big mainline Mega Man game, whatever that turns out to be. They said they were already working on it, but then that was like three years ago. And still all we've got is the Battle Network Legacy Collection. And that was only announced like a couple of months ago. Yeah. So I get COVID obviously do der derail things, but I'm like, they're obviously, they've said they're happy with the performance of 11 with all the collections. So where's 12? Where's like X9? Where's anything really? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. Like I thought we were finally on the, uh, over that long gap of no games i thought we were kind of on the right end of things now and we have gotten the collections and that's great we're getting yeah. battle network that's cool but like where's another new mega man game like where's 12 <laughs> like as much as i liked 11 it was very safe and I, i'd love to see a mega yeah. man 12 take you know the foundation 11 built and then just make it a little bit more like mega man five six seven multiple pass through levels hidden collectibles, multiple Wily Castles. Like, I want to see a bigger, better Mega Man 12 and, and bolder Mega Man 12. Yeah, I, I was actually shocked that we never got any, like, DLC for Mega Man 11, like, for anything. Like, yeah, no additional no, characters. No yeah. <laughs> I, was, 
I, I have to wonder if they had like if they had plans to do DLC and maybe they were scrapped. But like Proto Man didn't even show up in Mega Man Eleven, and that was just so weird. Neither did Base, and it's just like that seems like such a wasted potential, especially after they were DLC in ten. So yeah. or Base was. So yeah, I don't know. Like I said, Eleven was very safe. It was good, great, but very safe. And I would love to see a twelve that just is, like I said, bigger, better, and bolder, and and just is a little bit longer. And uh, as as Uni would say, metia. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see. I really hope that uh, they do something soon with Mega Man because I, what's weird too is we know from the Capcom Giga leak there's something called Rockman Tyson that still yep. hasn't come out. And one thing that a lot of that the a lot of people who covered the Giga leak missed was that there are actually references in there to Rockman 12. And it was mm -hmm. originally slated to come out around the last wave of Street Fighter V's DLC. Obviously that didn't happen. So mm -hmm. was it canceled like a billion other Mega Man games? Is he still <laughs> in development and just got delayed by COVID? Where is it? We know that it at least existed at one point and it's killing me. I don't know. It's Yeah. We, Capcom, we need something. Cause like at this point, I mean, I, I love the collections, but I want something new. Yeah. Like the nostalgia is only going to take me so far. Like yeah. one of my favorite Mega Man's is Mega Man X2. Um, and that was something as a kid, like I used to read that and Mega Man X3 all the time to oh, the point nice. where like when I finally was able to buy it, which was crazy enough. I know this is insane. Where are I at? I think it is right here. So I went to GameStop uh -huh. and they were selling this complete in box. Wow. 30 bucks, bro. What? Literally. 30 bucks for that? With the, the yeah, the, the guy was like, yeah, I don't know. He just put the, the clearance sticker on there. And I was like, yeah, I, <laughs> I would too. Jeez. That's like seeing a copy of Chrono Trigger and guys like, oh, you know, 25 bucks. Okay. <laughs> Sign me up. Like That's literally incredible. like like when I, cause I think this is, yeah, this is during COVID. So like when I, uh, well, so we're still in COVID, but like uh, 2020. Yeah. So like when I, I went to GameStop, I was with my wife and I was like, look at, I grabbed it. I was like looking around. I'm like, am I being punked or something? It's like, what, what's going on? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> like, fantastic. Seriously? So like, um, I, you know, like some of the, the, um, I brought that up mainly to say like, like I've been playing some of the, uh, the fan ROM hacks. Like there's the relocalization for X2, which is really great. Um, the Zero Project for Mega Man X3 is phenomenal. Oh, I don't know cool. if you got the chance. Like, it is cool. That yeah. is so good. I'm like, man, if we actually had that back in 95, oh my goodness. <laughs> it it might have made X4 a little less impactful, though. I kind of almost, I'm, I'm almost True. glad that they waited to give Zero his full playable debut for when he had his own full story campaign, too, right? So like like I'm almost glad they waited, but yeah, I mean it it you got a taste of it with X3. And what's funny is like I don't know, I guess I was always a little bit more immune to the zero hype than most because like I love Zero. I think he's a 10 mm -hmm. out of 10. Well, no, he's like a 15 out of 10 character. I love Zero, but X is my boy. X is my favorite character <laughs> of all time from anything. So he's like an a hundred out of ten for me. So like as as much as I love Zero and like he's you know, he's super cool in X1 and, and X1 is primarily about X, you know, finding himself and, and, you know, becoming as powerful and then exceeding zero at the, by the end. Like, I just, I always felt perfectly happy just playing as X. Like zero was a cool bonus for me in X3. And I was like, oh, this is great, but I'm fine playing as X. And, and I've, I've always been that way. So like, to me, they're like the best duo 
in gaming, but and and I I, I wouldn't want to have either of them without the other. But I'm also like X's. I'm all about X's <laughs> by the end of the day. So that's why I, I want so badly an X9 that directly follows up from X8. And like, you know, what are they going to make Axel a villain, or would they actually go all the way in on that and follow through on? what was happening, whatever Luminae did to Axel at the end of X8. I'd like to think they would, but it's probably been too long. I feel like that ship has sailed, but I just, yeah. X8 finally hit the sweet spot for me of the perfect characterization of X. He was voiced by Mark yeah. Gatha, who unfortunately isn't doing voice work anymore, but he was the perfect X. I loved his redesign, like the art style in X8. Like they finally nailed X's characterization after the disaster of X7. And I'm yeah. like, you nailed it. And then there's, <laughs> there's no more now. I want more of this X. I want more of like this characterization of X. But I don't know. Hopefully we'll get something someday. There's X dive. Mm. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, it. I've, okay. I've tried getting into X dive and it just doesn't hook me. And me too. Like, it's, yeah. It, Unfortunately. It's like they, like they, they do all the the nostalgia bait with it, like oh we're we're doing this crossover with the classic series. You can get this and get that, but it's to me got uh, got gotcha elements to it. And I'm yeah. just I don't know, like I it, the story's not even canon, is it? I don't I, think I don't it is. I think it is. Yeah, they, and and they like they treat them they treat them as video games in the world of dive. So yeah. it's like yeah, I don't think it's canon. And I mean, I like all the new character art. I think that's probably my favorite yeah. part of dive is all the cool art we're getting from it. But yeah, other than that, it's just not grabbing me. And it's not, you know, it's not a meaningful step forward for the story and the characters. And that's what I'm here for. So I don't know. Hopefully we'll get something. <laughs> I don't know. Cap Capcom is, is weird. I they're they're firing on all cylinders again, which is great. Like I've I love the Capcom of 2022 because we're seeing incredibly confident releases like you know, the Resident Evil 8 DLC and like, oh my God, Street Fighter 6. Just, I played the beta yes. a couple of months ago and I have not been as excited for a Street Fighter game. I, I don't even know the last time I, I was so excited right? for a new Street Fighter release. <laughs> and I ended up really liking 5. I thought 5 ended in a good place or ended up in a good place. I love watching competitive high-level play at like Evo and such. Mm -hmm. But Street Fighter 6 has me excited in a way that I can't even... I, it, it's so good. Yeah. It's one of the most confident looking projects capcom has had in quite a while yeah like I, i'm really surprised at how they were able to turn around street fighter 5 because yeah. the hype for it was there like when we had the initial Definitely. betas for street fighter 5 and then when it came out and the way that they handled literally i mean the story the characters the, the legacy characters at one point what we weren't getting akuma we weren't getting sagat and then next thing you know here's the paid dlc for them and then like the gameplay mechanics like for anyone who is going to and and i think we can both confidently say this but anyone who is playing street fighter 5 now you're not <clears throat> playing the experience that we dealt with at the beginning it's no. a very different game definitely not and it's i'm loving the they're striking such a great balance between redesigns of returning characters aging them up in a meaningful way like chun li yeah. looks older in a meaningful way and i like that ryu looks older <clears throat> Ken is going full like he's on the run now. He's having a hard time <laughs> going through some problems. He's aged up, and then but then, then we've got these like brand new characters like Kimberly, one of yes. the best new designs in, a, yes. in any fighting game that I've ever seen. I love her design so much, and I'm like, what are they? This is great. <laughs> Excuse me, my voice. 
No. That's how excited I'm getting. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> yeah, no, like what, uh, when uh, my wife and I first saw the reveal trailer for Kimberly and Jury, we were like, this is a brand, this is like a whole new side of Capcom that we're seeing. Yeah. It's so confident and I'm so excited. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, it's amazing what they've been able to do with the RE engine. Like, you never would have yeah. thought when Resident Evil 7 came out yeah. that they were going to base a lot of their titles on that engine and just. Like, I was concerned. Like, I was wondering. I was like, okay, with, Res- with uh, Street Fighter 6, I was like, I know they're probably going to use an RE engine. I didn't know what it was going to look like. And then when they actually right. revealed it, I was like, oh, it they made it work. It right. looks amazing. Yeah. Like, it, and it is crazy because all the hype that came with, like, King of Fighters 15. I'm a big King of Fighters fan. Nice. And I thought that game looked amazing. But after seeing Street Fighter 6. It's not the same. It's not. Yeah. It's really not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, no, I I like King of Fighters myself, but in, in 15, it looks and plays great. I like it a lot, but yeah, like when, when you compare that to what they're doing with the RE engine in Street Fighter 6, it's just, yeah. it's just different. It's just, yeah, it's, it, it looks so good. And, but I am glad that, that KOF 15 continues to have longevity and a healthy player yeah. base and, and, uh, you know, new DLC and such, because it's, it is a great game. And I feel like it's a little bit unfairly overlooked sometimes, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm definitely glad that it continues to endure. I'm just waiting for a new Rival Schools. When is Capcom going to give us a new, or at least a Rival Schools collection? I'll take a collection, but I just, that's like one of their most untapped, but I feel like highest potential IPs. It's It's, it's got such strong character designs, and they're so wacky, but so fun. And I, I want a new Rival Schools, man. I mean, they teased us with, uh, was it Akira? Yeah, uh, Akira in Street Fighter Five. yeah. Say like, okay, don't do this if you're not going to give us. You know? <laughs> I know, I wish, but even just a collection, I'd take. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I know we've been like geeking out about Capcom and I know, and, right? And Sonic for like the last 25 minutes or so. But I, okay, so very rude of me, forgive me. But let's dive into Good Vibes Gaming. Let's dive into All that. Right. Let's dive into like you know how you got started, things that you've been doing. Uh, Let's just talk. The floor is yours. This is your show now. Let's talk. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, I am, as you're already aware, I'm the creator and co-founder of Good Vibes Gaming. And we are essentially the uh, the old Game Explain crew uh, back reunited under our own brand, under a new umbrella. Uh, and yeah, it was essentially, I mean, you know, generally the story of what happened, I assume. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. you know, yeah. So you know, it's no no secret that we, uh, it's me, John, Derek, and Steve were all being heavily exploited back at Game Explain, uh, overworked, severely underpaid, uh, j- just generally undervalued. And yeah. we finally just, you know, after John left uh, for Nintendo Life, the rest of us, we just kind of hit a breaking point. And, and I went to Steve and Derek and I was like, guys, you know, let's, yeah, it's going to suck losing our million plus subscriber audience, but like, what are we doing here? This we're, we're, we're putting in all these hours for something that will never be ours and for someone who clearly doesn't value us or see us as anything more than just contractors. He doesn't even see us as friends anymore. So what are we doing? Let's go do our own thing. And it was scary. One of the scariest things I'd have ever done. And if you had told me five years ago that I would be a co-business owner, I would, I would have laughed in your face. Like, what are you talking about? Definitely not. But uh, here we are. And you know what? It was a incredibly scary thing to do to strike out on our own um but we we made it work you know primarily due to the incredible support of our community we have and and not just our fans but also other content creators who 
really want to see us succeed and they know what we were put through at game explained and know how we were exploited and want us want better for us and so we are so incredibly lucky and thankful to all of our friends uh, all of our fans, uh, you know, really all of gaming YouTube who had our backs because mm -hmm. we couldn't have done it without everybody. And just it's been such an incredible uh, journey. And I, I'm I'll always be thankful to Game Explain and and for you know the effect that had on my career because you know for the first several years of GX it was amazing. It wasn't until the latter years that things got not great. But, you know, it added so much to my career and there would be no GVG without GX. So, you know, I will always be thankful to that part of my career for sure. Um, but it's just we had to go and do do our own thing and start something new. And I had had the idea of GVG kicking around in my head for a couple of years by that point. But I didn't know what form I wanted it to take. I, I didn't know if it was going to be a blog or a podcast or something. But I, I had long had the idea of starting some sort of, you know, gaming related venture leading with the principles and the pillars of inclusivity, kindness, anti-bullying, uh, representation, and, you know, ba basically pushing back against that, you know, really ugly mentality that gaming is a white boys club. I hate that shit, man. Gaming yeah. is for everybody. It it's always yeah. been for everybody and it always should be for everybody. And I wanted to build a safe space <clears throat> for people from all backgrounds, all walks of life, to come and share in their love of video games with other people with no fear of being judged or bullied or anything like that. And I'm <clears throat> really happy to say and proud to say that I feel as though we have largely succeeded in that. Uh, our, our community is the best damn community of gamers on the internet. Everyone is so kind and welcoming and, and just uh, accepting of each other. And that's, you know, so much of the credit uh, for that is our, goes to our fans. It's not just about us running it. It's also, you know, there would be no community without the fans. And they have embraced this idea so wholeheartedly and have helped us build this incredibly diverse, inclusive, wonderful community. And that is what I'm proudest of. So, uh, you know, with GVG, that's what I wanted. And I've had various people reach out to me saying, you know, Thank you for giving me a place that where I, I feel I can be my authentic self without having to deal with all the toxic bullshit out there yeah. in gaming. And that is exactly what I wanted to build with GVG. And, you know, when we brought John back, when we were finally able to do that, that was like, okay, the circle's complete. Like, this is, this is the big moment. Like, obviously, everything we did to get here was really important, too. But now that John's back, we're really back, baby. And <laughs> now it feels like GVG has truly begun. And yeah. so now, yeah, I mean, Derek and John are absolutely killing it with their content. Um, and, and Daniel, Daniel, our art director, has now started doing his own videos, too. And he's doing great videos. Uh, Steve and I, of course, we're the ones with full-time jobs outside of this, so we don't do as many videos. We're more on the management. Uh, you know, he does, like, stuff like uh, clerical stuff and payroll and, and merch mm -hmm. and stuff like that, whereas I do uh, community management, Patreon perk management, stuff like that. But, and, you know, and the idea is for us to all get to the point where we can do this full time. We want GVG to get, you know, to the point where it pays all, all of us enough to just do nothing else but GVG. We're not there yet, but, uh, you know, what we have kind of settled into, I think, really works for us. We've got our content people. We've got our Patreon people. We've got, you know, everyone firing on all cylinders in their own roles. And it's it's turned out to be a pretty well-oiled machine for us. We can always improve. And man, if I could find like, you know, an investor who just wanted to throw it, who believes in what we do and our message, who, you know, wants to throw us maybe, you know, like 
I was talking to my dad about this the other day. Like we're doing so well with the limited resources we have, but we had just some more resources, like 500 K that we could use to pay a full staff for a year. Who's doing nothing but GVG. I truly feel as though we could really explode, but it's yeah. just, we need the resources. And right now we don't have them. You know, we're just, it, we, we, a bunch of us have families, kids, uh, yeah. you know, rent to pay. So, you know, we did, you know, other jobs we got to do. So we're hoping we get to that point, but even for now with the limited resources we have, our growth is steady and our, our fans and our community have all, they've just been so supportive in everything we've done. And, uh, yeah, that's basically the GVG, what's going on, the state of GVG, the, how we got here, where <laughs> we're going. And uh, we're just getting started, man. We just celebrated our, we didn't really do much for it. I think it was all, we've all just been too busy, but we just passed our two year anniversary and, uh, you know, two years to take a channel from, uh, essentially, and you probably already know this, John donated his old channel to us that mm -hmm. he wasn't using when he was in, in, in Nintendo life to give us basically a head start of about 30,000 subscribers many of whom are already game explain fans so would already want to see what we're doing next so i'll always be incredibly thankful to him for that but we've essentially been able to take you know his channel which is now rebranded into good vibes gaming from 30k to 115k in two years mm -hmm. and i'm pretty proud of that like that's 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 no phenomenal <laughs> i'm really <laughs> proud of that and uh you know that's and that's with limited resources so i'm uh really proud of what we've been able to accomplish and i could never have done any of this alone it is it is completely a team effort i have so much love and respect for derek steve john brandon and daniel and every single one of our fans none of this happens without everybody and uh yeah. i'm just so thankful to have such amazing colleagues and friends and and i'm glad you gave like the uh the behind the behind the scenes on like the the journey because a lot of people you know and, and i frequently say this a lot of people who watch the content that we put out they don't see the journey they don't see everything right. that goes into it they don't see how much of yourself that you're putting into it, you're sacrificing for the end product that they watch and there's a right. lot like it's a lot a of lot. behind the scenes um you know making content is not easy no. at all Any, anyone yeah. it's so funny because a lot of people here in hawaii like when they find out that i do you know content creating youtube podcasting and such they'll be like oh so you you play on the internet you, you just hit record and go and i'm like it is not that it is <laughs> not that. that at all yeah <laughs> no it, well it's like people uh when you when you uh tell people that you work in games doing anything they're just like oh so you just yeah. play video games all day what a cool job and it's like no that is not what <laughs> what it's all about. It's you know playing a playing a game that you're doing coverage for is completely different than playing a game you're just playing because you want to playing casually. Yeah, it's a completely different thing. It feels much more like a job. And yeah, as you said, content creation isn't easy. And uh, you know it's kind of like game development. There there are so many armchair critics and commentators out there who are like, oh, you know, yeah. why can't they just port this, port X to Y, or do this or do that? That would have been so easy. Game development is not easy. Do you have any idea? I feel like some people just think there is a content creation or a game development button that you press. The work is just done. And it's like, no, that is not at all how this works. Not at all. No. Yeah, not I totally all. hear you. It's it's so crazy because, like, you know, let's use Silent Hill 2 as an example. So we so we got the remake coming Hell out. Hell yeah. There's so many people that are like, why can't they just port the PlayStation two version of Silent Hill two and three, you right. know, you know, why don't they just do that? I'm like one source code is lost, which is why yeah. we had the HD collection, which 
Yeah. If you like yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but two, at this point, instead of porting and like trying to figure out how to do that, just make a new one. And I know a lot of people don't care for Blooper Team. I'm optimistic. It looked good. Uh, I think you know? so. I, I think what, may, what might make the difference there is that, you know, Bloober Team aren't being commissioned to come up with their own story for a new Silent Hill game. Yeah. They're taking an incredible framework, an existing framework that people already love, and they're just building new assets on top of it, which is still a tremendous amount of work. I don't want to downplay yeah. the work they're doing. But I think maybe the fact that they're not creatively involved and they're mm-hmm. and they're just involved in the you know production of the new assets, the 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 visuals and and everything. I you know they're not changing the story from what I can tell, and so yeah. I think that might be a recipe for success here. You know, get you stick with what worked in the original Silent Hill two, but then you you know outsource the development of a twenty twenty two four K version to Bloober Team, and I think what we saw looks good. And Konami do seem to be pretty involved. They seem to be like fairly like like hands-on in terms of they care about how this turns out i i'd never thought i'd be praising konami in the year 2022 <laughs> but here we are and i was really happy with how much they seem to care about the uh integrity of the silent hill ip in that presentation yeah. we got recently so and then we got other stuff like the cowabunga collection and and mm-hmm. uh shredder's revenge i know of course they weren't developed by konami but they had to sign off and yeah yeah so I'm I, I'm really happy with, our, with where Konami's headed, and I, I agree with you on Silent Hill too. I think Bloober Team seems like they're doing a great job so far, and I'm I'm excited. You know, and and I, I don't know when it's going to come out. Like I, I assume it'll be out within the next maybe two years or so, maybe yeah. even next year. I don't know. You know? I'm, I'm thinking but, late next year. I feel like maybe around yeah. Halloween next year might be around when we might see this. Oh, that would be perfect. That might be. Yeah, I would love that. But I feel like <laughs> by the end of next year, we'll we'll probably have it. Silent Hill F or Sharp or what was it? F, not Sharp. Uh, it is Silent Hill F. Who knows when we'll see that? But yeah, two. I feel like we might see next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's the game they want to get out first. Yeah, you know, just just to get the goodwill back, which is interesting. Um, you know, a lot of people like to say that Konami doesn't really make games anymore and i'm like really if you look at what konami has been putting out mm-hmm. for maybe the last three or so years yeah we've got the castlevania collection we've got what three different castlevania collections yeah one uh we got the contra collection they right. did make that newer contra game which is eh, oh but, that wasn't great yeah you know but they also have made some other titles as well um nothing major but they've been making games and i know the timing was some people think it was odd with them, you know, announcing this uh, Sukoden uh, HD collection. I, look, I, I've seen a lot of people upset about that because they're like, oh, they're taking away from Euden Chronicle. I'm like, I don't look. Give me both. Yeah. Give Why not both? both? Yeah, I'll take both. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I don't really see why it has to be one or the other. I mean, I, I can see why. You might be, you know, might, you might be feeling a little offended for the Aiden Chronicles devs just because Konami obviously have so much more recognition behind them. And in, in it, if it is intentional, I do think that is a little bit messed up because it's not yeah. as though Aiden Chronicle has any, you know, represents any sort of threat to Konami. So if it is intentional, I think it is messed up. But I still say, why not both? I'd rather have Aiden and Suikoden one and two remakes than not than just one of those things. So. Yeah, because I mean, for anyone um, who wants to play Suikoden 1 and 2, 
good luck yeah, finding exactly. a physical copy of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would someday like to see them do. Uh, you know, since clearly they did such a great job with uh, the Kawabunga collection, uh, yeah. I would or dig- digital eclipse did, but Konami obviously, you know, signed off on that. I would like to see them work with Digital Eclipse on a Warner Brothers platformer you know, or Warner Brothers game collection. So like Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, Ooh. all the IPs from the 90s. Because th- there were some great games in the Tiny Toons yeah. and Animaniacs IPs and Tasmania, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want the Warner Brothers Saturday like morning cartoon collection. Kind of like the Disney afternoon collection, but yeah. just for Warner Brothers cartoons. Because I want to yeah. play those great animaniacs and tiny tunes games again yeah yeah they they definitely and you know it who knows yeah we might might see it like at this point in gaming like the way the industry has been going i've been surprised more within the last several years than i have in the last decade so i'm like hey Mm -hmm. you never know you never know at all (laughs) sure don't um so i want to go back to um uh, so, so talking about good vibes gaming and talking about like the process going into because you guys you guys do a ton of content from reviews get the live streams and yeah. the stuff you do with the community um so for i guess and this could be like you giving advice as a senior content creator um for anyone who is looking to either get into content creating or mm-hmm. someone who is looking to do like a, uh, I guess a group collective, like similar to what you guys are doing. How much, what advice would you give them and how much work realistically should they expect? Because I think a lot of people have this idea of this is easy, like we were talking about earlier, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's no work, or they have the idea that it goes into, um, we need the perfect equipment before we start and do anything. I personally tell people just start. You'll figure it out as you go. Yeah. But I, I would agree with that. I think just start. It's so easy to get hung up in the, well, hows or ifs or whens, like, you know, and, and it's so easy to give yourself any number of excuses in terms of why you haven't started yet. Oh, it's not the right time. I'm too busy. I don't have the right equipment. No, I'd say just start. And then you know, find find your voice, figure out your style, your your personal approach, and go from there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice again. No, no um, mm-hmm. I yeah, I would say just start. Starting is more important than anything. But you, you know, and you also have to decide what what kind of venture is this for you. If you're doing it for yourself as kind of a of a, a fun side gig, that's totally fine. Then the, 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 mm-hmm. there's a lot less pressure there. But for us, you know, we wanted to parlay the brand we had built for ourselves at Game Explain into our own venture uh, in, in terms of something that we can hopefully all make full-time income from someday. So there is a lot riding on this in terms of, you know, there being enough money to do this and and, and setting up a Patreon that <clears throat> makes enough money for us to keep doing what we do and building a subscriber base such that, you know, we get enough ad rev to keep doing what we do. So, you know, it's different for us. We were we were looking to make a venture out of this, to make our own brand, our own business out of this, which introduces so much more pressure and so many yeah. more elements of, you know, you got to set up a, a, a business bank account. You got to set up a Patreon. You got to, you know, you got to look at your bank account and, and run the numbers each month. And then that's thankfully, that's why I said Steve and I are for, of more, more in the management role. So he does payroll and all that stuff while I do Patreon perk management 
And <clears throat> that works really well because we all have our own roles. There's no one person doing it all. Because if you are really trying to build a brand, so much work goes into that. And I, I don't know how any one person could do it all. That's not to say they haven't. But I think even, you know, even a lot of the giant content creators, like the biggest ones, like Gerard, the completionist and Scott, the Waz, you know, once they got to a certain point, they brought in help to manage their brand because they couldn't do it all by themselves. I don't see how any one person could, frankly. And yeah. so, yeah, I think, <clears throat> you know, it's just different. What do you want out of it? Are you are is it a, is it a side gig that you're going to work on and maybe hope turns into something bigger someday? Well, then great then the, there's a lot less pressure. And what I would say is make the content you want to make and go from there. Don't make what you think other people want because you'll burn out. If it's not something that you care about, if you're not passionate, then you're just, you know, basically becoming a content machine. And that is exactly why we all left Game Explainer. One of the reasons, because we were just content factories. We weren't, you know, we didn't get to make what we wanted to make. And it was very clear that we were just churning out content that we didn't personally care about that much. Yeah. And so one, one of the main things for us at GVG was like, we want to make the content and do the kind of stuff that we want to do. We want to be on camera more. We want to, you know, let our personalities shine through and be wacky and do silly things like bathtub streams. Like we don't, we didn't want it to be just like a cold, cold, hard news outlet. We wanted to be yeah. more, we wanted to lean into our, our performer side more than just content creator or journalist side, right? We wanted to perform for people because people like that at Game Explain when we were allowed to do it. And yeah. so I think it's just, you have to really, it's, it's so important to lead with making what you want to make and finding your own unique individual voice because people will latch onto that. You know, you might, it might take a while and you might take, you know, you might, you know, have trouble finding an audience at first, but there are people out there who are looking for your voice and your yeah. individual take and approach on things. And if you find them, that's how it starts. And, you know, it's all relative. There are people for whom 5,000 subscribers, 2,000, 500, those are all milestones in their own way. It's all relative. Like it doesn't just have to be, you don't matter unless you're a hundred K or a million or more, like celebrate your own milestones. Like, and I'm saying this coming from a, a channel where I had an audience of over a million subscribers. 100,000 was a huge milestone for us because it was our milestone. It wasn't helping somebody else get to their milestone. It was ours. And so it's all relative. You know, it, take it one day at a time, one subscriber at a time, and make the content you want to make because you'll you'll burn out if you're only doing what other people want you to do or what you think other people want you to do. I fully agree with you. Like, in a sense of, like, with this, like, so for me with content creating, my full-time gig is podcasting. That's mm. primarily like where my full time income comes. I used to do IT for like twelve years. Oh wow! And okay. I I left IT back in twenty nineteen. Uh, I was a senior systems analyst. I did like uh, infosec and all that uh, telephony as well. Because they like, oh yeah, we need you to do telephony as well because we we don't have the budget to get someone else. I'm like, really? So I need to do Jeez. your data entry, your security, <laughs> make sure. Wow. I, I was desktop. Yeah, I, I and it's for the hospitals out here uh, for oh, Hawaii Pacific man. Health. So I had to go do all the hospitals on uh, here in Oahu. I had to go to Kauai to do the clinic and hospital they have there, Big Island, and then wherever else they need me to go. Plus, fly off the island for training. So, like, I was doing when I started building uh, this brand and all the content I was doing, 
I was doing that full time. So I was doing mm-hmm. 16, 17 hour days. Then, you know, I, I, at one point I was trying to do the content creating machine thing and I burnt out with that. Cause yeah. I was like, I, I, I can't do that. And then I shifted to doing, I covered the games I want to cover the tech I wanted to. And, um, over time doing the podcast, you know, that has allowed me to network with amazing people, yourself, Steve, you know, other companies, other individuals, and that allowed me to make a living off of that. Now, yeah. granted, um, it's not easy. There, I don't make anywhere as much as I used to make in IT, right. but I, I do I do well with the podcast, and then with focusing on the YouTube aspect of it, um, you know, and I try to explain to people, like, I'm a one-man team. Like, I, I, I do my own videos. I write my own reviews for my website. I do mm-hmm. the podcast. I try to reach out network and work with different companies and it's not easy because there's not enough time in a day. Plus I'm a stay at home dad with my 18 month old who is going into, she's going into the terrible twos uh, Uh category. So, you know, doing that, it's not easy. And there are times where it just feels overwhelming, but I've gotten to a point now, like, yeah, I mean, I, I made it to, well, I'm at 15,700 or so subscribers now. Oh, and yeah. I made it to that within the last year and a half. And my next goal is 20,000. I want to hit 50. Then I want to hit a hundred. Yeah. And I, and I understand like, for me, it's slower than other people I see, but I'm like, I'm not competing with anyone else. Right. You know, like exactly. I, I'm going at the, going at the pace I can. And if I can get to a point where, you know, I've, t- cause I, I, um, I speak at University of Hawaii, like the various campuses out here, as well as Shamanai University and uh, Hawaii Pacific University. They'll, they'll call me in to like speak to students who are interested in content creating because there are not a lot of because uh, I'm also Hawaiian. I'm Hawaiian, Black, Jamaican, Samoan, but there's not a lot of Polynesian content creators here that are like doing stuff with major brands or doing stuff mm-hmm. in the sense of content creating beyond like. You know, they'll do something here. Like we got Twitch Hawaii, but they're not really, and no, no shade to that, but they're, they're not doing big. Right. And so like there's uh, myself, there's Bretman Rock, who's also here in Hawaii and uh, maybe two or three other people doing, uh, they have a larger following. So, you know, we'll get called in to speak to the universities about content creating. And when I speak to the students, and I tell them it's not easy. It's an investment. It's an investment in time. And if anything, I would always recommend start off doing it as a hobby. And if you can gain traction, you want to turn into something more, definitely do that. You know, I'm not trying to dissuade anyone, but there's a lot of work that goes into it, especially if you're doing this by yourself. It's not easy. Not easy Um, at all. No, no. And, you know, and I, I've considered, cause I, I, there are younger uh, Polynesian content creators out here that want to, you know, they want to do this. And I've been considering making a team out here of different creators to bring in to teach them, you know, how to reach out to companies, how to do this, how to do that. It's just, um, for me, like, I wish I had the friendship and teams like that you guys have at Good Vibes Gaming because I don't have that out here. Because yeah. folks that I've I've worked with, and I've tried to get them connected. You know, I, I do the handshake handoff. Like uh, if I'm introducing them to a company, I'll do that. And, you know, when it comes to game codes or whatnot, I've 
tried doing that and it's not easy because people will take code and like, oh, yeah, I don't need to play. I don't like this game. I don't need to play it. Oh, yeah. I don't need to make content for it. No, it's you can't do that. And yeah. it's it's like I want to do what you guys are doing, mm-hmm. like for people here in Hawaii. But it's just for me, it's just too many roadblocks I'm running into. But I there's big value. I feel like there's potential here. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of companies want to work with creators here in Hawaii, but it's just we're not there yet. We'll get there. Yeah, we're not there yet. Well, we're very we're very uh, privileged and lucky to have had the very unique kind of path that we have because, you know, we had basically a decade at Game Explained to forge those bonds, to forge those friendships. So it only made sense for us to then go and do our own thing, our own new thing together. And, you know, I mean, you and you know, just as well as I do, how hard it is to make make and meet new friends as an adult. It's very hard. So I'm really <laughs> lucky that I that I have these amazing people that I've been working alongside for a decade already at Game Explained. And so that enabled us to move forward together and chart our own path forward together, because I, I don't think any of us could have done something like GVG by ourselves. I don't think and I think they would agree. I don't want to speak for them. But I think they would all agree that GBG would not be a thing if it wasn't for the team effort that that we've been able to, you know, make happen here. And, yeah. you know, having having partners makes all the difference. It really does. It's so much harder to go it alone. And so hats off to you. I probably shouldn't, shouldn't take my actual hat off because my hair is a mess today. But proverbial <laughs> hats off to you for for making it as far as you have as a one man operation, because I it is not easy. Even as a group, we're, we're all working like crazy. So to do what you've done by yourself and, and build your, your own brand up as much as you have on your own is incredibly commendable. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I have to say, I have a bone to pick with Square Enix because all the titles <laughs> they've been dropping back to back. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, here, here's a review code for this. I'm doing that. Like all the major titles have come out within the last three months i've mm. covered everything and like i said like we we actually so, so we just moved into this this condo here um that, that we bought um we bought this condo here in waikiki and we sold off our house so september 1st we moved here and i got sick when we moved mm-hmm. i was trying to make content and i got over that and then i came down again with pneumonia and it's it's crazy because it's like all these games that have been coming out it's almost like there's a new game every single week and I've dialed back to covering games I'm interested in, which, you know, I, I cover Call of Duty. I call covered all the Square Enix games, all these games that are long. I have a bone to pick with Square Enix <laughs> as well as gaming in general. Look, all these games are. Can I have some nice short games? Yeah, please. I hear you. I please? so hear you on that, which is one reason <laughs> that I'm I'm really enjoying Sonic Frontiers. I think it's because obviously there's a lot of content there, but it is a lot more just tractable i guess in in a in an overall sense like it's not it doesn't feel endless like another game i'm working on chipping away at right now and i love this game to death but it is maybe just too big is xenoblade chronicles 3 i'm loving it the story and characters are maybe the series best but I'm, i've been stuck in in at the beginning early parts of chapter six for like almost three weeks now because there are endless side yeah. quests and the side quests yes. are really good i don't want to miss them because I don't want to ignore them because they are genuinely great, especially the hero quests, but they're just, there are too many of them and I can't make yeah. any progress in the story. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't need games to be, and I know Xenoblade that's typically, they're obviously meant to be hundreds of hours long if you want to do everything. And I get that, but I just mean 
so many games that I think these days I agree with you could do with just being just rein it in a bit, rein the content yeah. in a little bit. It, they don't need to be 90 hour experiences, yeah. 20 hours, 30 hours, 10 hours. Like I, <laughs> I love having more bite-sized experiences. One of the reasons I loved live alive, live alive was yes. such a breath of fresh air because it was great. I felt like I had, you know, had this really epic quest and, 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 you know, full, full throated experience in 25 to 30 hours. And that's with doing everything and getting the true ending. And I'm like, that's so refreshing. I've played this game for 30 hours. (laughs) I've seen everything and I'm done and I can move on to the next game instead of it being just this endless chipping away at just content, content, content. Yeah. 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 And it goes back to what you said earlier. Like a lot of people don't understand is when it comes to making con like playing a game for a review and making content versus playing it for leisure. They're very different. It's very not, different. You don't have the same mindset. And it's, you know, like a lot of my audience and people I talk to out here, they're like, oh, man, have you played that? What do you think of this? And like, did you have fun with it? Yeah, but I'm not playing it for fun. I'm playing it for a review. And it's yeah. like you have deadlines. You're then trying to get something out within relative time of it being relevant. Like, yeah. that's also, I feel like, I know we're, we're getting pressed for time, but like, I, I know that for, us when we were growing up games had lasting appeal far longer than they do now like Mm -hmm. now it feels like if a game is two weeks old or longer it's considered an old game because attention spans now yeah i i i I love it It, it's (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah i mean and and maybe that's just a function of when we grew up and, and and the generation we're part of but like i constantly find myself going back to or at least when i have the time I constantly find myself going back to 8-bit and 16-bit and 32-bit games way more than I do modern games. And not that's not because I'm not saying, oh, you know, back in my day, games were so much better. <laughs> games are amazing. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but there's just something about the mentality, I think, of people from our generation where we don't feel like once a game is two weeks old, that it's old hat. Like, yeah. we, we have a lot of love for the games that we grew up with, and they're still relevant to us today. And yeah, yeah, I hate that whole, like, once something's there and it's out, give it a week or two and it's old hat and nobody's talking about it anymore. It's just, that's so game development is too hard and takes too long and requires too many people's blood, sweat, and tears for, for them to just be brushed aside like that a couple of weeks after they come out. And I, and, or in, in some cases, it's not even a, a time frame thing. It's if you're unlucky enough to release in the shadow of something much bigger and and this applies to even other AAA games. I hate what happened to Guerrilla Games twice in a row now with Horizon. Yeah. Because first it happened with Breath of the Wild, with Horizon Zero Dawn, and then it happened again with Elden Ring, with Horizon Forbidden West. And these games yeah. are great. I love the Horizon yeah. series. But Horizon Forbidden West didn't even get two weeks to be relevant. It was rendered immediately irrelevant just because everybody was talking about Elden Ring. And there was yep. no room for both. And I hate that mentality. Like... Uh, it just frustrates me so much. Yeah, it's 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 insane, and, and I feel like it's never going to get better. I feel like it's no. it, I feel like that time frame, that window is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And like you know as well as I do, like the the amount of work these developers put it is developers, yeah. the sound team, the art direction everyone. team, the yeah. writers, like everyone. It's there's so much that goes into it, and I, I just hope as a takeaway for people who watch this or listen to it. You know, if you're a gamer, understand, yeah, these games come out and they're 60 or 70 or whatever 
you know, they're going to be, I don't know if they're going to keep going up or not, but you know, a lot of people worked on that and it's unfortunate for that time span of a week or two. And it's old and people aren't talking about it. People pour their lives into this. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think we should respect that, you know, as gamers, because we've got it good now compared to when we were growing up. God, (laughs) we really do. I I sometimes think about what it would be like to be a kid with a bunch of free time in the age of Game Pass. And and I just I can't even imagine because, you know, I remember I would, you know, I'd play and and finish one Super Nintendo game and then I'd be replaying that one Super or, you know, the games I had until another one came out that I could afford with my allowance money or that I could ask my parents for, for like my birthday or something. But it's not as though, you know, we had anything like Game Pass where you're paying a little, you know, 20, 25 bucks a month for hundreds of games at your fingertips whenever you want them. It's such a completely different mentality now. Yeah. Uh, One of the last things I want to ask uh, before we we wrap this up is uh, Steam Deck. What's your thoughts on it? I don't have one. Um, I, I'm not really the, the the market for a Steam Deck, only because I'm not a big PC. I've never been a big PC gamer. I've always been a console guy, so I see the appeal of it, and especially now that I'm on a uh, on a gaming capable PC for all my GVG work, uh, I can certainly see the appeal, you know, of building a Steam library and then having that to hook up to the TV and stuff. But I just, I don't know. I've, I, I guess maybe I'm a little bit too old school in my thinking but i've always been perfectly happy with consoles and i'm not a big fan of like having to optimize settings or worry about you know all that stuff like when i get a ps5 or or a switch or whatever i know that more or less not always but more or less the games i'm getting for those consoles are gonna be optimized for those consoles that's not true across the board of course but i just like the convenience of consoles and you know i've got a 65 inch oled lg oled in, in my living room I want to play games on that. I don't want to play yeah. games where I work on my, on my gaming PC, you know? Yeah. So I think it's cool from what I've, t- what I, from what I've been told and people seem to really like it. I did uh, get to play one for a little bit, a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was great, a little bit chunky, but it makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just not really the, the market or the core market, I think for a steam deck. So it's hard for me to comment too much on it. I, I know a lot of people uh, like to compare it to the switch. And I know that was, Unfortunately, in the Steam Deck community, I, I shake my head at this. But the, unfortunately, that was like a topic where they're like, "Oh, don't get a Switch because the Steam Deck is so much better." It's and I'm the like, "Switch killer." Okay, I hate, <sighs> I hate the the blank killer. I hate that rhetoric <laughs> so much. It's this. Oh man, uh, multiverses is the Smash Brothers killer. The Steam Deck is the Switch killer. Shut up, man. Come on. <laughs> Jeez, there's there's room for both. You can be. They could both be really good at what they do. It's fine. Yeah. You know, and I know like you get all the optimization options and all that. That's cool. But I, I don't know. I feel like getting older, like I'm, I'm, I I think I just, just, how old am I? I'm 34. I just, I just just turned 34. So I'm at a point now where I just want to pick something up and play it. And the only optimization I really want to deal with is what I get with the PlayStation 4 or 5 and the Xbox Series X and X is, do I want to optimize performance? Or frame rate. That's all That's I want to worry about. I don't want to have to worry about individuals. <laughs> I don't want to have to futz with that. Yeah, completely agree. So, yeah, that's why I probably, there's not a Steam Deck in my future, I don't think. Maybe someday, but I don't have enough of a Steam library for it to really matter, I don't think. And I'm fine with that. I'm just more of a console guy. And I'm just it's just what I know. 
what I'm comfortable with. One thing I did want to mention, though, uh, uh, before we wrap up, you mentioned okay. like 10 minutes ago that you had a bone to pick with Square Enix. And I yes. do, too. A completely different bone, <laughs> but a bone nonetheless. And that is on the same damn week, we got all the Silent Hill announcements. We got that badass new Resident Evil 8 DLC trailer. They also trademarked Symbiogenesis. And we were all thinking like, oh, man, <sighs> Parasite Eve, is it time? Are they really bringing it back? And like, you know, I knew it probably wasn't going to be what we all would have wanted as, as Parasite Eve fans, but I didn't think it was going to be the worst literally the worst case scenario of it being a goddamn NFT, NFT thing. I'm so still so upset. I feel personally attacked by Square Enix as a Parasite Eve fan that that's what Symbiogenesis ended up being. And I just had to have my rant about that rant over, but Square Enix <laughs> do something with Parasite Eve. Damn it. Come on. A, a, an over the shoulder remake, like an, a Resident Evil two remake style of Parasite Eve one. I just can't even. Yeah, it's it, it's almost too good to to even think about. Like it could be so great. Yeah, I just want them to do something with Parasite Eve so badly. Yeah, you know, and, and um, I I know we could we could probably do another podcast and talk about this, but yeah, the, the whole thing with the the gaming industry pushing towards NFT and and crypto, we're seeing crypto crash. Yeah, you know, uh, NFTs like people keep saying like that. You know, blockchain technology is going to be something that's going to actually work. I haven't seen anything with that personally. Yeah. That Same. works, and it's yeah. The Symbiogenesis one, I was hyped because I was like, okay, we're they're bringing it back. Yeah, we can finally wipe away <laughs> the memory of third birthday oh, and get something. So you know, yeah, I, I thought we were gonna get something, and then was NFT thing. I logged off of Twitter. I'm like, I'm done for the day. Yeah, uh, that was yeah. <laughs> I, I like to say that the, that I I'm glad there were ever only two Parasite Eve games because we don't talk about or acknowledge the third birthday. We just don't. There was yeah, never a third birthday. Yeah. No. Um, all, all that being said, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with uh, before we go? Anything you're working on? Um, and definitely plug plug everything that you, you have. Uh, well, I mean, I, you've already given me the floor to talk so much about Good Vibes Gaming. So, I, I mean, I super appreciate that. And that's essentially, uh, you know, that's my that's my baby. That's what I'm what I'm working on. You can find us on YouTube at uh, Good Vibes Gaming. Patreon, it's patreon.com slash gvgaming. We offer a wide variety of tiers you can support us at starting at just $1 a month, which gets you into our Discord community. And that's not, by the way, because we think people should have to pay to be in our community. It's because it's just to ward off bad faith actors and trolls. And it it's worked. It's actually worked. Yeah. So just the $1 paywall gets you into the community, and it's a great place to be. Uh, one of our most popular tiers is our executive producer tier. It's 25 bucks a month, but that gets you... Uh, you get to hang out with all of us founders to, uh, twice a month and play various games. You get to be part of our live audience and chat with us during streams and such. Uh, suggest topics for us to talk about on our weekly uh, GVG cast. Plenty of other uh, perks. We, well, we've also got another popular tier called Fight a Founder, which you can just basically book one of us founders to play whatever game or games you want every month uh, in a private session. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, check us out on Patreon. We're on Twitter, YouTube uh good vibes gaming and like i said it's me john derek steve and steve from game explain doing our own thing and having full creative control and and uh being the the masters of our own destiny essentially so we're having a great time doing it and we've we've picked up brandon and daniel uh, who are amazing new crew members part of our team we love them to death so 
yeah, just uh, check us out. We really appreciate it. And you can find me on Twitter, by the way, at least for now, unless you know, Musk completely tanks <laughs> it in the next few weeks. Um, but I am on Twitter, twitter.com uh, slash Ash Paulson, just my name, A-S-H-P-A-U-L-S-E-N. Uh, follow me. I just basically talk about video games, food, dogs, video game music, basically it. So, yeah, you can find me on Twitter as well. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I'll leave links to everything down in the description below. Uh, thank you again, Ash, for coming on the show. I know this is a long time coming. And no, for the I'm next so episode. Right, right. And, you know, I, I'm so grateful. I, I want to shout out a company because this is how we got connected. And I didn't mention it in the podcast at oh. the beginning, but um, big thank you to Safe in Our World because that's who who linked us initially. Right. You know how we how we got this going, and I, I appreciate them um, for what they do. They are Absolutely. amazing, amazing for what they do, and and for connecting us. Very grateful. Next, the next time we do this will not take as long, people. We swear, but yes. this, this is worth it. This is fun. Yeah, um, you can you can find uh, this episode of either podcast because it's going to be on both uh, cast of a podcast and decked up on all major podcasting outlets, so Amazon, uh, Spotify, Apple podcast google podcast google podcast yeah google podcast all that all links for everything is going to be down in the description below and uh yeah we got merch got uh patreon all that support if you want to and uh yeah we'll see you on the next one stay safe and be blessed bye